why don't you take your Bibles and go to 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, while you're going there, there's a poinsettia sitting right here and there's a couple out in the lobby at least, a couple around. If you see one tonight and you would like to take it home, feel free to take it home with you. If you'd like to take it and give it to somebody, that'd even be better. We'd like to have them go and go to somebody who would enjoy them. So if you'd like to take one or particularly like to take one and give it away, that would be a, that would be a great thing. We just sang our last song and it ends, Your blood has washed away my sins, Jesus, thank you. That's why we're here tonight, to remember to thank Jesus for what he's done in our life. I'd like us to read from 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 21. They're, they're kind of familiar verses. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Let me read that last verse again. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. You understand when he uses the word tree, it's just another word for the cross. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds. Could also be translated stripes. It's probably specifically a reference to the scourging that Jesus took on the cross by his stripes you have been healed. I just wanted to do two simple things tonight. I just want to talk about the cross on two different sides, and it's in this passage very, very clearly. The first is that the cross is Christ's saving tool. If you're taking notes, the cross is Christ's saving tool. It says, he died on the cross. He bore our own sins in his body on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he was taking your sins and mine. It's the part of communion I think we understand the best because we talk about it quite often, that Jesus was using the cross as a way to purchase our salvation. He was paying our debt on the cross because he was dying for our sins on the cross. Now, Jesus lived about A.D. 0 to A.D. 33, right? About 33 years. You know, you know that Jesus lived right then. So the cross was how people were killed by the Roman government. If Jesus had lived at a different time in history, could he have saved us by a different type of death? Are you with me? Like, <clears throat> I'm not trying to be in any way um, not careful with, with what Jesus had done, but could Jesus have saved us by his death at a firing squad, for instance? Could he have? Yet, yes, actually, he could have. 
We, we know that it was important that Jesus died for us. We know that was important. We know it was important that he shed his blood for us. That was an important part of the action of our salvation. He died at a certain time in history. Now, because he died at that time in history, did he have to die on a cross? Did he? Yeah, yes, he did actually have to die on the cross because it was a prophecy. Okay, but it was a prophecy that he would die on the cross. If you want to read that, it's in Psalm 22. You could look it up and read Psalm 22, and you'll see that in Psalm 22, as David's writing it, he's not only writing about what's happening in his life, he's writing about what's going to happen in this future Messiah's life down the road, and he talks about how they pierced my hands and feet. He talks specifically about crucifixion language. The truth is that Jesus Christ died on a cross and he shed his blood because he had to pay for our sins. And we are here tonight to say thank you. That's why that last song is, is just so perfect for communion. In fact, I, I asked Pastor David if he would sing it tonight. He put it right before I talk, and it's just perfect because it says to God what I want to say to God. Your blood has washed away my sins, and then we sing thank you right to him, and, and, that, and that's what we ought to do. We ought to do that. Like we sing this. You sing together with me. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free free to us not free to him by his stripes we're healed we're forgiven because he suffered in our place and we come tonight just to say thank you to him okay that's the first part but that's not the only thing this passage says. You still have your Bible open? He says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. He says that very clearly. The cross is Christ's saving tool, but it is not only his saving tool. Number two, the cross is his teaching tool. When we look at the cross, we're not only supposed to say thank you, that's not all we're supposed to do. And he made that very clear in this passage. In fact, he actually spends a little bit more time on the teaching tool than he does the saving tool part. So let me read it again. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you what? Leaving you an example. Now, that's an interesting word. That word example is only used one time in the Bible. It's only used one time in the whole word of God. You say, well, the example's in there other times. Not this word. This is a very particular word. And literally, it would be underwriting. You say underwriting. Some of you can remember, I don't know if they do this in school anymore, but I think some of you could remember when, when the teacher handed you a paper and on the top they had letters written in a certain way and you had to write them right underneath the letter in exactly the same way. Do some of you remember what I'm talking about? 
when, when the teacher had the letters up here, you know, A, B, C, maybe a big A and a little A and a big B and a little B, and, and you had to write underneath it exactly that, that's this word. That, that's this word here. That's the idea of this word. Or if you took a piece of paper, if you took a piece of paper and you laid it down and you put another piece of paper on it, and then you could see the drawing underneath there, and you trace that, what you can see from the paper underneath, that idea, that's this word right here. So he says, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you. Now he's talking specifically about the suffering of Jesus on the cross. And he said, Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example, leaving you an exact copy of how you should live your life and how I should live mine. So the cross is not only the saving tool of Jesus, it's the teaching tool of Jesus, and he's teaching us how we should live. He goes on to say, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. We're supposed to live our lives in a similar way to how Jesus Christ lived his life, in particular, how he died on the cross. He says he wants each one of us not to only take a look at the cross to say thank you to Jesus for dying for us, but to look at the cross to see what we can learn about how to live our lives. So now if you're taking notes, I have six different things I think we should learn. Here we go. If it's Jesus Christ's teaching tool, what's he teaching us? Number one, how to suffer. He says that specifically. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. He's teaching us something about suffering and how to do it. I would say he's teaching us, first of all, that there are some things worth suffering for. Isn't that true? There are some things worth suffering for. Does it ever require any heat to be a follower of Jesus Christ? It does sometimes. And he's reminding us that that's what we were called for. That, that some things are worth suffering for and some things you just have to tough it out and take it. Most of us, I think maybe all of us, we'd like to avoid suffering at all costs. But the truth is, Jesus Christ is teaching us in his work on the cross, that that's not generally possible. That suffering is a part of our life. Trouble's a part of our life. And sometimes we just have to take it. We just have to tough through it. Is marriage always easy? Is it? Is marriage always easy? It isn't always easy. You know what some people have decided? They've decided when marriage gets hard, they'll just get out of that marriage and find another marriage. But that's not actually how it's supposed to go down, is it? Do you know why that is? Because some things, you just have to tough them out and take them in life. Everybody has an idea in their head what it's going to be like when they have kids. Now, there are kids in this room, and you don't really get this yet, but you're going to one day. But other adults in this room, you do know exactly what I mean. You, you, you had this idea 
that having kids was going to be kind of like having a puppy. <laughs> well, not quite like that. And, and you have kids, and then after you get them, sometimes you wonder what you were thinking. Now, there are parents in this room, and they, they could just say, hey, just having kids is just wonderful. It's wonderful all time, 100 times a 100% of the time, it's wonderful. But most of us would just admit it's not always completely fun. Am I right? And when those kids, you know, they're little and they're not sleeping and they're puking in the middle of the night, some things you just have to, you just have to tough it out. Jesus is teaching us on the cross about how to live our lives and some things they're worth suffering for, marriages and children, and sometimes we just have to tough it out. Sometimes we just have to act like men and act like women and just stick it out because that's how Jesus lived his life. Number two, it tells us something about sacrificing. I'm not going to talk about this a lot, but it tells us something about sacrificing. That is, there are some things worth sacrificing for. I could go back my same illustrations I just used. There are some things worth sacrificing in, for, in life. There are. It's why so many men and women went into the military. Because there are some things worth sacrificing for. Isn't that true? Jesus Christ was teaching us that on the cross. The cross was not only a saving tool, it was a teaching tool about life. He was teaching us, number three, something about forgiveness. He was teaching us that in the cross. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. No, instead from the cross, he just said, Father, forgive them. This is amazing. They were killing him at the time. They were lynching him, actually, at the time. They were lynching him at the time. And he said, Father, forgive them. And it just reminds us that sometimes God calls us just to let things go. That's what forgiveness is. He calls us just to let things go. Not because the person isn't doing something wrong. They were doing something wrong to him. Just because forgiveness is one of the highest acts of love there are. And Jesus was teaching us that. On the cross. He was teaching us about suffering and sacrificing and forgiveness. He was teaching us about trust. He was teaching us about trust. You say, how did he forgive? Because he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He just trusted that God was going to make this all work out right. He was trusting that when things are at their hardest, God still knows what he's doing. This is one of the great lessons of the Christian life. That when life is at its hardest, when it's not going well, maybe when it's going as bad as it can go, that God still knows what he's doing and he can be trusted. He was teaching us that right here. He was teaching us something about speech. That's number five. He was teaching us something about speech. In all of this, he committed no sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults, he did not retaliate. All those things are about speech. 
it's, it's really amazing. It's really amazing that, that he was able to do this. And, and I want to remind everybody, in this whole scenario of the cross, there, there's a phrase in the Bible. It says that he was led as a lamb. He was silent. Sometimes the best way not to sin with our mouth is to say nothing. He was teaching us here. He was teaching us that one of the great victories in life is to be able to suffer without sinning with our mouth, without complaining and whining. Sometimes the greatest victory in the midst of somebody attacking us is not to attack back verbally. That is a, a great sign of strength and spiritual maturity. To be attacked and not attack back. As long as we live, that will be one of the great indications of spiritual maturity. To be attacked and not attack back verbally. He was teaching us that on the cross. And number six, he was teaching us about responses. I talked about this not too long ago, and we talked about it in my small group after that one day. He was teaching that in responses, Christian people choose to respond with good for evil. Not good for good. Anybody can do that. Anybody can be good to people who are good to them. Anybody can do that. Anybody, particularly wicked people, can respond with evil for evil. Anybody can do that. But it takes somebody like Jesus to give good when somebody's giving evil to them. Do you see what Jesus was doing on the cross? Can you see that he was raising the bar? Do you see it? He was just pushing up the bar. He was saying, reach up here. Reach, reach up here high. Reach up here. Because I have such high ideals for my children. Here's how my son lived his life. Here's how he suffered and sacrificed. And here's how he forgave and how he trusted. Here's how he lived his life. Here's how he taught. And here's how he responded to people when they attacked him. And he's saying to us, I want all of my other sons and daughters, I want them to respond that way too. When we come to communion, when we think about Jesus dying, every time we have to do both sides, every time, every time we have to realize that the cross was Jesus' saving tool. So we say thank you. We respond with worship. That's what we sang tonight. But the cross was also his teaching tool. And every time we, we think about what Jesus Christ did, every time we take a look at the cross, we're supposed to say once again, that's the kind of person I'm supposed to be. That's the kind of person I'm supposed to be. So I want to end tonight by singing a song that maybe is not exactly typical for what we sing. I, I want to sing 
page 376 together. I want to sing page 376 together, and that's that song, many of you know it, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus, and often we sing it as a salvation song. But, but I want us to sing it this way tonight. I want us to sing it thinking in our mind that we want to be the kind of people that Jesus was. He suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. We should live our lives the way he lived his life. Let's stand together. And deacons, you make your way down to the front, will you? I have decided to follow Jesus. 